And you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. You are joined by myself, Lawson, and my awesome co-host for today, Jaden. And we are continuing on with the show right into our next quiz. All right. What number are we up to now? We're Lawson, up to if four. I get it right. Up to number, number four. four. What other name of Lazarus and Mary's sister who asked for Jesus' help? Ah. What other? What is the name of Lazarus and Mary's sister who asked for Jesus' help? Mm. Awesome. Hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win our Bible study and the companion booklet that we are going through all this quarter. So if you want to follow along from the Bible study that we're about to do, if you want to follow along for, from home and you want that resource absolutely for free, we want to give it to you for free. All you have to do is answer questions correctly and you'll go into the draw to win, which will be drawn tomorrow. But do you, hey, do you want to read that question for us one more one time? One more time. Question number four. What is the name of Lazarus and Mary's sister who asked for Jesus' help? Awesome. Hey, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. Oh, you've got a few things to talk about. And the first one I want to talk about is which town are we highlighting in our show today? We are going to Horsham, Victoria. Oh, fantastic. Shout out Horsham, Victoria, and all the people living down there in that area. I have like a bunch of friends. I grew up with, I, I had a very kind of interstate mm-hmm. friend group. We yeah, had a bunch of friends living in Horsham. So that's like, okay. it's like West. It's like between, basically between Melbourne and the border, uh, and that Horsham. And um, yeah, ha- have you spent much time in Vic? Not a huge amount of time. I've, I've, I've known here that it says that uh, Horsham is in the, I think it's the 11th largest city in Victoria. Oh, awesome. And uh, it's famous for oh, quite a lot of natural things, actually. It's got nice gardens and rivers and artwork. It's actually got a lot lot to see and do there. Yeah, man, I'm just looking at Horsham now. It kind of reminds me of, kind of kind of gives me some, like, Raymond Terrace vibes. If I could compare it to, if so, I could compare it to, like, a... Uh, a town that's maybe it's probably bigger than Raymond Terrace, but a town that we know here locally because it's you know it seems like a relatively it doesn't look like a hilly area it looks kind of flat pretty mm-hmm. country river running through the middle as well and um, oh man they've, they've got Some a got cool a, silo art yeah sure. absolutely they've got a big in Horsham too they've got a Coles there and a super cheap auto so you know all the all the all the essentials, all the essentials yeah. uh, for for you know people who want to eat food and go adventuring and do those various things. Um, got some, got some hotels there too, but Hey, also in Horsham, wait, what, what frequency are they listening on? I believe it's 87.6. So shout out everyone listening on 87.6 from Horsham. And if you're from that area, Hey, send us a text through 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. A few other quick announcements to get into as mentioned during the interview or just before the interview started, we also have a separate podcast for our interviews that we do every day. So if you head over to Faith FM Australia, you'll be able to see or faithfm.com.au, you'll be able to see the Breakfast Show interview podcast. So we have the Breakfast Show podcast, which is our whole show, which you can go and listen to. But we also have just just the those 15-minute interviews that we do every single day. We have those distilled down. So if you want to get in and really dig into the information there, it's it's right there. Hey, 0491-064-669 is also our number to text as mentioned before if you want 
to get some more information about a concert that is happening this weekend in Maitland. It is the Endless Praise concert Saturday at 3 p.m. at Maitland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We would love to see you there and the amazing acts that are going to be there and the and the music that they're going to be sharing. So if you'd like to come, well, again, it's Maitland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 3 p.m. this Saturday. But if you need any more information, just give us a text at the number 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. Oh, man, bunch bunch of announcements coming in to the second hour. And I can see you guys faithfully playing the quiz. and Get some good answers ans- coming in. Yeah, answering the questions. A little bit quieter on the, quieter on the text messages this morning. Uh, that I, I mean, in the sense of, you know, talking usually comments and whatnot that people share through about the show. But... Hey, live your best life. And if you've got anything to say, if you want to share anything, our number is open. You can text us at 0491-064-669. Well, Jaden, mm-hmm. today in our Bible study, we are talking, well, we've been talking about for the beginning of this Bible study lesson so mm-hmm. far that we're going to be doing for 13 weeks. We've been talking about God's mission mm. god's mission and our mission and how we yeah. fit into that mission how it is that god leads us to be a part of it which as i said in the intro of the show today i think after we answered the first question uh, about that well we gave the first quiz question for the prize the mission that god has given mm. us is so central to our purpose and who we are and furthermore, the, the Christian life. Can I just say, Lawson, I was, I was just thinking about that. When you really think about it, like mm. what a privilege that is. Like we're down yeah. here, you know, sinful and, mm. and, and, and damaged. You know, we're damaged goods. And God's up there, perfect and holy, and mm. he still works with us. He still cooperates with us, mm-hmm. and he still gives us a part to play in mm. his work. It's amazing. Right, because we we sit here as people who can both attest, and and for Jaden, you and myself, like we're both studying theology, mm-hmm. so we're we're both studying the uh, the the degree in which someone would do to then go on and become a minister. Sure, that, that's, that's 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 and that's we both feel like we've been called to a life in ministry, mm-hmm. working to serve Jesus, to teach others about Him. And I think we could both attest, at least I can, and I'm, I don't know that you're a, you're a, a Chris, a God-loving, Jesus-loving, humble guy as well. Yes, we can both attest to the fact that we definitely feel unworthy mm. to be in this position. And mm. furthermore, no matter how much study we do in our seminary studies, furthermore, like, unequipped. And we're still learning. We yeah. graduate knowing everything. We're Absolutely. Just, it's just the beginning of, of our learning. And that unequippedness comes from the fact that we very much realize like, oh, we are sinful and broken Mm. people trying to communicate and portray to others a God that is both not broken, he's complete and he's full and he's whole, but furthermore is is sinless and he's perfect and Mm -hmm. loving and full of grace and righteousness. I'd say that this is probably the first principle, as we're talking about God's people involved with God's mission, realizing mm. what you. I love what you're saying, Lawson, because we can, we should, as a people, as as a church, as individuals, just pause and recognize our need of divine help, mm-hmm. our need of relying upon God to do His mission. Mm. Absolutely, and so we need to rely on Him to do His mission. And the example that we're given, the illustration that we're given 
of this in our lesson today is that of the covenant that was given to Abraham, mm. which is like, I think, the perfect illustration with huge implications as to what, you know, God's purpose and mission is, which we're going to explore. But just as a story itself, huge, huge illustration mm. of and a very, very appropriate one of what it looks like to rely on God. Because when we go and we see this interaction, this initial interaction that God has with Abraham, what God asks Abraham to do and the mission that God asks him to be a part of is very much something that was would have been difficult to Abraham, would have been confronting for Abraham, and something that Abraham would have recognized mm-hmm. he couldn't do on himself by himself. And therefore, he needed that help from God. So, do you want to pick it up for us in Genesis chapter 12? Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3. I think that's what you're after. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Mm. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Mm. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Wow. Okay, we've got a bit of a deal here. Well, it's a covenant, right, which is a an agreement that is coming from God that he wants to set up with Abraham, this 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 promise that he mm-hmm. wants to give to him. And this will be confirmed a little bit later or we might pick it up later in our Bible study as like they'll, they'll kind of officially ratify this as mm-hmm. a covenant, but it mm-hmm. begins here with the promises of God, which the first promise of God here is actually a command. Mm-hmm. He says, Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, mm. which is an incredibly confronting command that is given here to Abraham. You know, that, that security of, of land and the life that you've established, particularly as an 80 year old man at this time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. That security is quickly mm. going away here. He's like, hey, Abraham, leave your land, uh, leave your country and your family, from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Can I just comment something, Lawson? Just literally what we're talking about, not even a minute ago, talking mm-hmm. about the dependence upon God. Mm-hmm. Look, look look here in, uh, in, in verse 2. It's like mm-hmm. God saying, I will make you a great nation. Mm-hmm. I will bless you. It's God who's doing this work. Yep. Abraham just needs to obey God and trust in him to fulfill this promise. Absolutely. And, and these promises and this covenant between God and between man, and between man and, and then particularly between Abraham here as we're, we're seeing it unfold is that they've got this covenant, this agreement, which was very, very, co- very common in the ancient Near East. They would enter into these covenants and often how these covenants would be formatted was in a, an overlord and underlord format or what's mm. they call like the suzerain and the vassa. And essentially there would be an overlord of the covenant, which was would usually be the one that was had more power or sure. more authority. So say a king, right? Yeah. Let's say there's a king and he makes a covenant with a soldier or a worker in his kingdom. And that covenant usually served to completely benefit the king. Sure. It's like, okay, soldier, or let's make it even, let's make it a little bit more political. Let's say it's it's a king of a bigger nation and a king of a smaller nation. Mm-hmm. The king of the bigger nation decides, okay, I'm not going to invade you. 
I'm not going to destroy you. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to completely, you know, wipe you out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to enter a covenant with you. And the uh, the smaller nation, the underlord in the covenant is forced to say, oh, yeah, like, I should do that. And I should enter this covenant mm. because if I don't, then I'm going to get destroyed or yep. plundered or robbed or whatever it may be. And God's like, okay, well, well, the king in this situation, he's like, okay, so how this covenant's going to work is I'm not going to destroy you. And so that I don't destroy you, your side of the covenant is that you're going to do this work for me and you're going to give me this grain, you're mm. going to give me this tax, and you're going to give me this, that, and the other. And yeah, usually the overlord or the one with authority and the one with power was receiving all the benefit from sure. the covenant. In this case here, God gives to Abraham an instruction. He says, Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Again, at the face of it, you know, it's pretty steep. Yeah. It's like, man, that's, that's pretty intense. But what this follows with is a complete promise and a guarantee from God. It's like, if you do this one thing, I will give you everything you could possibly, everything you could possibly want and everything that's good for you. Uh, I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those protect- who curse you, even protection, which is, mm. imagine, yeah, traveling around in the ancient Near East is well, now... He, he lost his protection when he stepped away from his father's family, that's right. his country, but now God's stepping in to, to fill that void. He's like, I'm going to, yeah, bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Essentially, God here as the overlord gives himself underlord conditions. Because wow. usually the overlord is like... I'll do this one thing for you, which is not kill you. And then you're going to do all these mm. things for me. You're going to pay me tribute and you're going to be subjugated to me and do all this work for me. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. God's like, no, I've just got one thing to ask of you, Abraham. That's leave your country, go out to a place I'll lead you to. Mm. And as a result, I will do all of these things for you. And it just very clearly shows in these stipulations of this covenant, this promise that God gives the love that he has for his people. When he gives these promises, he is, we are been talking about God's mission and God's mission, holy and solely Mm -hmm. is to bless those who follow him. Can I I make a comment on verse three? Absolutely. The blessing is not just for Abraham and his family. The whole world is blessed through God's promises. So in other words, it's showing us that our, the blessings from God are to be dispersed or not, not just to be sat upon. Yeah, and and this is the mission being reflected in this covenant to Abraham is that through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God here is clearly promising to Abraham, like, yes, I'll protect you, I'll look after you, all these things, but also I'm going to use you to fulfill a mission that I have. And Jaden, I'd love to ask you, like, how does this play out for Abraham here? Like, what does it look like that through Abraham, every single family on earth, which includes yourself, it includes Mm -hmm. myself, it includes producer Shell and all the people here in Australia, like... In the whole world. All, all, all around the world. You know, and I, I mentioned Australia because we're, you know, about as far as you can get from uh, a- ancient Mesopotamia <laughs> where, where Abraham is living at the time. But what does it look like for all of us to be blessed through Abraham? What did Abraham do for us? Well, we firstly know in verse 4, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken. He was obedient mm-hmm. and God fulfilled that promise. 
Yes. And in a, later on, God talks about how his descendants would be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Mm-hmm. Now, within those descendants, mm-hmm. we have Jesus the Messiah. Wow. And that man, through Abraham's faithfulness, it comes down for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Jesus the Messiah was born in a little town in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. you know, and through that promise, we have the life and story of Jesus, his promise of resurrection, and everyone has been blessed. Yeah, absolutely. It's powerful, eh? Like, God, through Abraham, used him to fulfill his mission. But I, I love that point of the fulfilling of the mission and the way that God handled that with Abraham. It's not to say that Abraham didn't go through hardships or struggles mm-hmm. or trials, but he continually and perpetually walked with the Lord. And if I, I'm, oh, sorry. Can, uh, cut uh, you off. No, nah, go for it. Go oh, for it. While, while you were away sick, yeah. uh, we're talking with Danuta about in Genesis chapter 3, that mm. promise, Genesis 3.15, the promise of the deliverer was originally given. So this promise in Genesis 12 is not uh, brand new. This is yes. this is just God's reminding, you know, a few chapters later, the promise is still happening. It's coming. Hang in there. Yeah, absolutely. We were considering and discussing yesterday Revelation chapter 14, and we're talking about the everlasting gospel, Mm. like the everlasting good news that Jesus Christ has come to this earth, he's lived, he's died, and he's resurrected to save the world from their Mm -hmm. sins. And Mm -hmm. we talked with Brad today, some of the semantics of that, what that looked like, what what is death, what is life, what is eternal death, what is eternal life, all of these things. What was the outcome of of that salvation that Jesus has provided and we have the ability to choose to accept. But that everlasting gospel, the reason it's called everlasting is not just because it exists in the everlasting future, but it also existed in the everlasting past, as the Bible says, from the foundation of the world, the Lamb was slain. And not only that, Lawson... The weight of it is everlasting because Mm. people make decisions that have everlasting consequences. Yeah, absolutely. And we see that reflected like Abraham's decision to trust God here and Mm. to follow this commandment had an everlasting impact. In fact, it was the decision that ultimately, and I think there were lots of decisions along Mm -hmm. the way. And you look through, you know, the patriarchs and through all of the the history of the Mm -hmm. Israelite nation and the Jews. And, and you look at the the faithful men who influenced that journey, whether it's Moses or, or Daniel or, you know, various prophets or Kings or whoever it may be. But again, along that line of, faithful decisions that had an everlasting impact. Mm. We have Abraham here listening to God's command and deciding to follow through with it mm. and say, yes, God, you've called me to, to leave my home in Mesopotamia to leave the comfort of my father's house to become a nomadic people and to occupy a new land yeah. foreign to the one that I'm in. But God, yeah, despite the struggle and the hardship that might come by that, I'm going to trust as you have Mm. promised Mm. that you will be with me, you'll be supporting me, you'll be leading me, and that this will ultimately, again, fulfill God's mission of blessing every single family Mm. on earth. It's powerful what God has done for Abraham. He had not only his promises and well, not only his promises, but furthermore, how he came through mm-hmm. on that promises. He always and, keeps his promises. And how that affects us today. We sit here talking about Abraham, looking at, the, okay, this this person of faith. And, well, it's it's interesting to see what Paul writes in the book of Hebrews. He's reflecting a couple thousand years later and mm-hmm. saying, oh, a couple thousand years ago, there was this man of faith named Abraham who 
trusted God and faithfully stepped out in promise and as a result of stepping out, you know, enabled his mission to continue. And now another 2,000 years, two years after that, we're, we're sitting here and we're continuing to read and consider Abraham and go like, wait, wow, like what Abraham did in deciding to be a part of God's mission yeah. and step out in faithfulness has enabled, it's been a step to enable salvation for the world. And we sit here as the the blessed and the grateful and the lucky and the, the yeah, the, the recipients of such grace and such love and such faith. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Jaden, give us our final quiz for today. Question number five. Who said, but what things were gained to me, those things I counted lost for Christ? That is such an epic passage. And the hint is it comes from one of my favorite Bible books. Yeah, and rightfully so, because it's an epic book, epic author, and very much on topic with what we've been talking about this morning in our Bible study as well. I'll repeat that question. Who said, but what things were gained to me, those things I counted loss for Christ? Absolutely. Hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you will go in for the draw to win our amazing prize for this week. And the more correct answers you text, the more entries you get to the quiz. So again, that question, 0491-064-669. Got a couple text messages here, firstly from Suzanne. She says, I'm reading Ty Gibson's book, The Sonship of Christ at the moment. God's leading and intervention for us in history is eye-opening and awesome. And we wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we believe in a God that has been working throughout all history that has also been, has given us information about what will unfold throughout all yeah. history so we can verify his work throughout all history. It's it's really powerful. And, and specifically, I'm talking about prophecy sure. and the way that, you know, the Bible outlines the future history of, you know, over the next couple thousand years after it was written and we see those events unfolding we see god working in a powerful way there awesome we're getting some wonderful uh responses coming in already yeah we're getting some answers to the quiz we also got brayden writing in classic queenslander text he writes in still trying to get used to this crazy thing called daylight savings of course they don't have daylight savings up there Mm. but our show here based well the breakfast show being based here in new south wales is is starting a i believe it's an hour earlier for those guys he says yeah still trying to get my head around this crazy thing called daylight savings how is that how are you saving light Mm. and it's very obvious when you change the clocks the curtains fade less Right, because there's there's less light. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's obviously more light. The whole point of daylight savings is that you get more light for longer in the day. I think it's brilliant. I so this is the thing. It's like a lot of people. You're you're on the fence, right? So yeah. I think for some people, it's like, and I've definitely felt this way before. It's like 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, end of the work day. I just like want to go home and go to bed. Like I don't need more sunlight. I'd rather have it early in the morning. But then the other side is when you come into summer, mm-hmm. summer break. Exactly. And I remember like, yeah, man, going to school, being a school kid. And like, it's five, it's, it's 5 p.m. And I've still got another couple of hours of light. So you still exactly. got more time to spend outside and stuff. Like daylight savings. And it'll encourage us awesome. to be outside and be active anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Because you got more time to do it. And in fact, we were, it was like, 
an awesome way the daylight savings affected me this week because on Tuesday, and I know I, I briefly mentioned this yesterday, on Tuesday out riding motorbikes with a bunch of kids that I teach how to, how to ride. I'm like a motorbike coach oh, occasionally nice. for a bunch of kids at church. Um, and what, before daylight savings, we had to pretty much finish like 5 p.m. on the dock because it's yeah. getting dark and we don't, can't ride in the dark. But then it's like, it's like 6.30 p.m., sun's still up and it's like, oh man, we should finish up. You know, these kids need to go to bed because it's a school <laughs> night. But, you know, the light's still beaming. It's just daylight savings. When you're doing activities like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. just just the absolute best. So, Fantastic. so Braden, I'm sorry that you, you don't get to experience that and or maybe you think of it as a negative experience because <laughs> we're us here down in New South Wales, the sun, the real sunshine state, uh, are, uh, are being very much blessed by daylight savings uh, right now. Hey, getting back into our Bible study. Yes. Considering Abraham, considering the covenant and how he was a part, he was called to be a part of the mission and how his decision to be a part of it was very much eternal. But again, it's God working, it, you know, God giving this covenant to Abraham. It's him doing the work here. And I actually want to pick it up into the ratification of this covenant with Abraham. Mm. I want to read Genesis chapter 15. So I want to go to Genesis chapter 15 and let's pick it up. Do you want to read for us at verse 4 and 5? And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this is Abraham, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Mm. Then verse 5, Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. Mm. Now, why here is God giving Abraham this promise or this assurance that, hey, you know, you will, you will receive an heir. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why does this assurance three chapters later need to be made to Abraham? Well, we know Abraham deviated slightly from that strict integrity we had earlier, mm. where he, uh, the, the promise to have an heir, have, have a child, took a little bit longer than he was comfortable with. Yeah. And he, with his wife, came up with another plan and uh, had a, like a, almost like a surrogacy yeah. uh, relationship that provided another heir. But God completely doesn't, kind of like ignores that child and says, no, my plan is that even in your old age, you're going to have an heir and that heir is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ishmael, mm-hmm. the, the result of that relationship that, well, the, 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 the solution that they try to come up with, with, with having a relationship with Hagar, as you said, like a surrogacy relationship. Yeah. Uh, well, he was, he wasn't completely ignored by God. He, he was blessed. Like the sure. Bible says, like, God's like, yeah, I will bless him because I promised that I would bless you. But this chapter here is actually preceding the coming of Ishmael. And in, at, particularly at this time, you know, there was no heir and to the point where Abraham was like, oh, is, Eliezer of Damascus, you know, sure. one of my servants, is he my heir, God? And God's like, no, 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 no. There will be one to come. And unfortunately, even after this amazing mm-hmm. promise, still deviate. But ultimately, God comes through and provides Isaac. But at this time, God is assuring him. He says, no, no, like you'll have an heir. And as a result, your descendants mm-hmm. from your lineage that will come from your wife, Sarah, will be greater than the number of, you know, the stars in the sky. And then we come to verse 6, the Bible says, And he, being Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him, God Mm -hmm. accounted it to him for 
righteousness. And here we see faith playing out for Abraham here. But this faith, he believes it's accounted to him as righteousness. But then what's so amazing is that they, oh man, this really strange scene unfolds. Do you want to pick it up for us in, do you want to read verse 15 and 16 for us? Of uh, which chapter? Of chapter chapter 15 in Verses the Genesis. Verses 15 and 16. Yeah. Bible says, Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Yeah. Wow. So God has promised Abraham descendants. But now he gives Abraham some insight as to what his future will be mm-hmm. and what the future of his descendants will be. And he actually says, oh, yeah, Abraham's actually going to go through a bit of a, your, your, your descendants, Abraham, are going to go through a bit of a, a bit of a struggle mm-hmm. uh, through mm-hmm. slavery and whatnot. But even so, like, I'll bless them. And then this very interesting uh, ceremony happens. Abraham cuts a bunch of animals in half. Yes. And he lays them out, and the next, and this is actually common in the ancient Near East. And basically, what this was saying is that you make a covenant; it has those two sides of the terms. But then, after that, they then kill these animals, and that's to ratify the covenant. And it's basically saying, if I don't fulfill my side of the covenant, yes, then let so shall let this be. Yep. Let this happen to me. And the amazing thing is, is God communicates, okay, there's going to be some struggle, there's going to be some issues, but you're. Servants are going to get through it. And then God puts Abraham into a deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And Abraham wakes up to seeing God and only God mm. walking through the center of these these animals, basically and essentially signifying, Abraham, the work is mine. Wow. Abraham, you have a decision. And we see the like this decision here. It says he believed. It was his decision mm. to believe God. Mm. And he accounted it to him as righteousness. When Abraham believed God, when he accepted the promises of God, and when he followed that up with obedience to God, again, which, you know, when we bring it into a New Testament context, we see that the Holy Spirit works in us to lead us to obedience. Like God even provides that. Mm. But it's like when we do those things, God provides everything that we need to be able to be a part of his mission. And what we see here is that the promises is like, Abraham, if you and I, if we don't fulfill this covenant, then let this happen to me. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the amazing thing is, the crazy thing is, is that that actually happens. The Israelites, Abraham's descendants, don't fulfill the covenant. And so who, who, who does it happen to? Who does this death for breaking the covenant happen to? Mm. Jesus himself. Jesus, God in the flesh, God incarnate, hangs on the cross, mm-hmm. responding to the breaking of the covenant. He hangs on the cross saying, hey, I'm taking the penalty for sin. I'm taking this penalty for the broken covenant. And I am, I'm doing all that I can to save humanity as I promised to Abraham. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joined by Jaden and myself, Lawson. And it's time for us to get into get into the answers, bro. Oh, I'm keen, I'm keen. Yeah, absolutely. So open it up for us. What is the first answer to the first question of the quiz? So the first question was, before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told his disciples that he had all of this in heaven and earth. What was he referring to? The answer was, be all power. Yes. All power has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. Although he probably also possesses all money and all friends and all patience. patience absolutely. Well, maybe not all friends, unfortunately. 
Obviously, you know, there are the saved and the lost and there are the enemies of God, but Jesus probably has the most friends mm-hmm. out of, out of anyone. Uh, but yeah, all patience all, and all, and all, all money power. and means and all authority and all power. G- Jesus has got it. Question two, who was instructed to not write down what the seven thunders had uttered and that the answer is John? Yes, in Revelation chapter John 10 John the there. Revelator. Yeah, because he, he's writing down, it's like the seven bowls, the seven seals, all these things. But then there's these seven thunders, he's like, and, and God says to him, no, don't write them down. Don't write them wow. down. Very interesting Bible study, actually, Absolutely. about what are the seven thunders. And we actually see it's the way that God has been working in the, the end time. So very, very, wow. very, very interesting there. All Question right. number three, fill in the blank question no one is no one is holy like the lord for there is none beside you nor is there any the answer was rock like our god mm. found in first samuel chapter 2 verse 2 god refers to himself as a rock a mm. number of times in scripture and of course we just had the song from ellie holcomb as well rock of habitation this idea of like rock stone and particularly cornerstone mm. like this perception that christ and and god is Something like God, his nature and his character and the way that he acts and operates is such that firstly, he's unmoved. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he's immovable, not in the sense that he is, you know, he's, he's non-dynamic yeah. or he isn't, you know, personable or, or can't, you know, talk or respond or act, but he's in unmovable in the sense that his character and his ideals are unshaken and unchanged by what happens in this earth. And then furthermore, he is the foundation of, what we should build our lives on, on, you know, how we should follow him. And, and uh, yeah, he, he serves as the foundation of the perfect life. Question number four, what is the name of Lazarus and Mar- Mary's sister who had asked Jesus for help? And mm-hmm. the answer was Martha. Yes, Martha. Martha, Martha the, 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 the sister who of Mary, who family, mm-hmm. like Martha's like a really amazing disciple of Jesus. But, awesome. yeah, but then, you know, we, we tend to highlight that story where, they have a little bit of dispute, you know, Mary and Martha before, you know, before Jesus and whatnot. But, but yeah, Martha, just excellent lady, faithful disciple of Jesus. Mm. And the last question, question number five, who said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ? Mm. And the answer was Paul in Philippians chapter yes. three. Philippians chapter three. Why do you love Philippians so much? I just love the Philippians book. I just love how direct and mm-hmm. short, it's a short and concise book. And yes. Paul really just gets to the point. Mm. So many lessons, and it's like, wow, that is a, it's too much time we could we could take up just trying to unpack even a few of the lessons. Also. Yeah. But the answer was Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. There. And I love the book of Philippians too, because it's, it's one of the epistles that pretty much just has all good things to say about those who are receiving it, unlike, you know, maybe Galatians or mm-hmm. like particularly first Corinthians or mm. you know, often Paul is responding and writing to issues, but Philippians just very much seems like a, a big exhortation yeah. for the Philippians and, and the other books just have exhortations as well in them, but Philippians so much so because the context in which they receive their faith is one that like Paul and Silas rock up to Philippi and they're like beaten, whipped mm. and thrown in jail yeah. and, and, those who become Christians, like the the jailer and Lydia and whatnot, those who become Christians in Philippi, see that happen and see the faithfulness of Paul and mm. Silas, and that convinces them. And after that, they're just these people who, the, despite living in, you know, they're the first people to receive the gospel in Europe. They live in a very pagan mm-hmm. area, God. very godless, very anti Yahweh, anti God. Despite that, they stand for what they believe, and and Paul 
commenting on this is like, man, you're like, your faith is known throughout mm. all the world. Like, you guys are legit. You're standing for Christ. And, and these powerful ex- or exhortations and lessons are given as a result. And, and again, and one of them here, given here, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. What Christ has done is far better than anything that I could possibly gain. Hey guys, remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.